I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Front Free. It's fair to say the best football podcast in the world. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, children. I'm Adam Bowen. We've got the one and only Lawrence McKenna with me. Hey, how you doing? And we've also got Dave O'Brien. Hello, hi guys. Dave joining us from a shed. No, <laughs> the sound, sound quality is much improved. We do, yeah. Fingers crossed. We want to apologise uh, about that. Yeah. So there is so much to talk about this week. We've got a look at the UEFA Champions League semi-finals. We're doing a little bit of transfer news. Going to be talking new kits. I got a new kit in the mail today. Let's just put it that way. I'm going to be opening yeah, so it live on the podcast. Stay tuned is what I can say. Uh, so we're coming to you on a Friday this week. Uh, so we could talk about all the Champions League action, of course. Yeah. Uh, from next week, we're going to be back to the planned schedule with episodes going out on Wednesday. So never going to happen. Check my benefits <laughs> via SoundCloud yeah. and uh, count the days if you're subscribed on iTunes. Um, again, I have to say as well uh, as I do every week. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the Front Free. Uh, we've had a lot of listens, downloads, questions sent in. Oh, people okay. saying nice things on Twitter. Really. Yeah, it's great. I don't see any of those. It's been I nice. I see the nice things. Do you see the nice things? Mate? I, think, I see lots of nice things. Yeah. I see it would nice be things. so much better if you weren't on it, Lawrence. <laughs> so we do appreciate all your comments and suggestions and nice things you say to us. So if you do want to send any more of that our way, uh, tweet us at the front free with the number free, not the word free, yeah. and you're golden. So without further ado, let's kick off with uh, UEFA Champions League semi-final chat. It's a party night for the old lady of Italian football. Nine years after they were relegated from the top division in disgrace, Juventus are in the Champions League final. The most recent game, of course, was Real Madrid-Juventus. Juventus going through to the final for the first time since 2003, where they're going to face Barcelona. Uh, Alvaro Morata was the man who scored the goal and knocked out his former club. Didn't celebrate. Didn't did a classic non-celebrate celebration. I would have given it the biggie to be quite honest. Would you? Yeah, oh, massive, absolutely around the pitch twice. But the thing is, imagine imagine if he had celebrated, and then imagine if Real had gone down the other end and scored. Then you look like a dick. Yeah, it does. Because he's he's like, I've done it. I've done, and oh, Ronaldo then he steps up scored. on the 120th minute and scores the winner. Yeah. Well, but no, but that's the thing, isn't Not it? I guess, I guess you have to have that self confidence, <laughs> but it also kind of there's a humility. Around. What uh, do you think they're deserving finalists then, Lawrence? Yeah, I think since I, re- I read an article previewing the game, um, the, when it originally was, when, you know, when it was originally Real versus um, Juve, and the idea was that Juve are a thinking team, and that instantly drew me towards them. Made me think, I like this side, and it made me like Allegri more as well. And I think Dave agrees. I mean, I like, I lo- I've loved how adaptable they are. Um, I've loved the fact that. I've loved the fact they've evolved through the season which has been quite nice as well which is something that maybe Barcelona have done but in a different way and then you think well you know what 
Yeah, Juve have gone a different route to the final. It's not the route that Barcelona have gone. They've gone a sort of a, quite an obscure route, played some quite obscure teams. They've not played all the champions yeah. of Europe this season like Barcelona have. But they've certainly earned their, their, earned their way to the final. People wouldn't call it the hardest route, though, would they, Dave? No, 100%. I think, obviously, Real Madrid has probably been their hardest tie of the current Champions League. And they well, came second to Atletico in their group, which yeah. is arguably the only other hardest game they've had, really. I mean, they played Monaco. Monaco, yeah. yeah, which obviously isn't the easiest tie to win in. But, yeah, what I like about Juve is the formation is just brilliant. I love how it interchanges between sort of a diamond in midfield and then it switches to a flat four in defence. Yeah. It's brilliant, you know, with uh, Vidal like pressing in front of the midfield with Pirlo sitting in behind. But I've got to say Real Madrid sort of, you know, they've, they've caused their own problems this season with selling Xabi Alonso, with not having any balance in midfield. You know, they played two attacking midfields at central midfield yesterday, James and um, James and Isco. You could potentially say three with Tony Cruz as well and it's crazy stuff. The amount of times that you had Juve break in on sort of 3v3 versus... Real Madrid and then sometimes that had become three defenders versus five U of A attackers it was, yeah. it was crazy crazy stuff you've got to credit Ramos before obviously that silly silly foul on the side for stepping out of defence for cleaning up for sort of becoming a bit of a defensive midfielder in that way joining the midfield but obviously um, I think Juventus are a, a top for, you know, for the final it's going to be a brilliant tactical battle yeah, it's quite different, isn't it? I mean, we, yeah. we obviously haven't spoken about Barca yet, but I think another thing about that game was that I love the way that Juve use their attackers. They all seem to complement each other yeah. so well. Now, and I know that's something that earlier in the season people were questioning. I mean, at the beginning of the season, people were saying, where does Lorente fit? You know, is he, is he almost surplus to requirements in that sense? And I know that with the benefit of hindsight, anyone can say that. But it was difficult to see how Allegri was going to fit this team yeah. together. And other people were questioning... Uh, first of all is pedigree if you like and second of all whether he was bringing the team together properly and I think it shows it, there's, there's something really great about him that he's managed to do that through the season and I know they were champions previous yeah. season but it's difficult to continue that and he's got the best out of Tevez he's got the best out of his other strikers Morata's the really interesting one as well isn't he? he's Morata's been absolutely fantastic in the Champions League obviously yeah. his form in Serie A is okay but yeah. in the Champions League he's really stepped up with Tevez a brilliant partnership you know, between a number nine and number a sort of old school partnership big man little man perfect perfect sub and I think Vidal gives him a lot of energy in the right areas and it's just brilliant look at the space that Vidal had last night I mean yeah. there was a point where he played I think it was Lorente through I can't remember I think it was Morata oh it was Morata the, the sort of slide the, slow did, ball it was like, no 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 it was, it was like a, it, he was meant to play the ball kind of ahead of him and he played it sort of one yeah, side sort of a reverse pass yeah yeah back, like a reverse across. pass yeah. and it, it, was a, it was just a lovely ball and you think if someone like Xabi Alonso was there he just wouldn't have that space yeah exactly and like you say the, yeah. the, they've lacked someone at central midfield to do that and I know as attacking as Real Madrid were because they had enough chances to put that game away they just didn't put the game away and it looked too much like the ego of Ronaldo and the you know basically they were making him the go-to man what was interesting is Gareth Bale I thought he had a good second half first half he wasn't really in the game he had a good second half he registered seven shots Ronaldo in the game scored the penalty that's one of his shots Mm -hmm. he had a shot from outside the area that was blocked at point Mm -hmm. and then he had that one shot where he was played through yeah he, and he also had that chance where he cut back and he could have shot, but he crossed he it. He crossed it. Very, very strange. Weird, wasn't he's it? just not in the game. He was not in the game in the first leg, not in the game in the second leg. You look at the big games against Barcelona, he's been anonymous. Yet Gareth Bale has taken all this flack. I think it's, it's a little bit unfair. Bale's turned up, like to be fair. Right? I mean, but, but then you'd also say, I mean, you know, if we were to contrast that, Bale did have two chances that he's missed then. Because he, he, that was a very. Then, it wasn't a simple head. Yeah, it was a head he was leaning back for it. And then the other one where he was. Yeah, he was trying to work it towards goal. And at least he's getting into those positions. There's chances, yeah. It's like, you know, Andy Cole 
was a player of many chances. That's what Bale had a lot of chances. He could have changed the game. So let me ask you this, Dave. Right? Do you think because of the pressure that, and the expectation at Real Madrid, we didn't hear any booing of Gareth Bale in the Champions League this time? No. All we heard was positivity, clapping towards his shots. He had that long shot. We, that we, had, we had some some bad stuff after the game, yeah. apparently, with the Real Madrid fans. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying, is that the expectation was that if they encourage him during the game they, and they get the result, then they get it. Yeah, and that's see. their method of encouragement, mm. basically, is if you're doing well on the pitch, we're happy. Yeah. But if you're if not doing well, then we're 100% against you. And that's what I find interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's... I mean, there's there's no method in that madness because yeah. it doesn't work in the long run. It was a bit one. I'd say when Real Madrid's play was a bit one-dimensional towards the end, chasing that goal. We've seen it through. You know, I've mentioned it before. Fullbacks crossing the ball to their yeah. three, you know, strikers: Bale, uh, Benzema, and Ronaldo. Obviously, it was Javier Hernandez at the end. But what Di Maria used to give them was another option down the left-hand side, mm-hmm. so they could create the overloads of the two v ones with Ronaldo still going inside. But now they haven't got that, and it's a little bit. I find Real Madrid a little bit boring and predictable. And exactly. Let me let me ask you this. So sticking on Real Madrid, on. so it looks like. After that game, it's pretty much curtains for Ancelotti now. Yeah, I think it was so, always going to be curtains, no matter what. But yeah. Right, yeah, well, well, if he'd have won the Champions League, I think I still think he would have gone. But they would have had a job. It would have been his time to bow out, basically. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So either way, okay, but we, that might be the last we've seen of him. He's got a two-game ban now. There's two games left, so we might not see him back in the in the Real Madrid dugout. Um, so not since 1983 has a Madrid manager gone into the summer having won nothing and continued the next season. <laughs> so you'd pretty much say he is 100 percent gone. Um, do you think it speaks to a wider problem with Real Madrid? So basically, trophy list this season, mm-hmm. last season, okay, European Cup, but that was last year. Yeah. They've only won the league once now in seven years. Yeah. They spent over a billion. Jose Mourinho is the only man to, to win La Liga. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you think it means for Real Madrid in terms of, okay, the season's over now. What, what do they do going forward? They get someone like Zidane, who's got absolutely zero experience. Someone like Jurgen Klopp is someone they've been linked with. How do you think they, they go forward from here? Or can they not with someone like Florentino Perez in charge who seems to have it in for every manager? He doesn't trust anyone. Their politics let him down every time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a one manager in for two seasons. Do a little bit, get the players bought for him who he doesn't want, sell the players he doesn't want to sell, another head coach, in, out, shake it all about, mm. you know, get sacked, win a trophy, and that's it, isn't it, really? But that's, I think that's the sad thing about Real Madrid. I mean, really, we've seen this since they started up the Galactico idea. Is it, It's always been a bad capitalist idea of investing in a side. Mm. I know every side's based on capitalism, but this is the ultimate in capitalism. It's like the, it's them almost like engineering through money what they want. And they were the first to do it. Not the, not the first, but they were one of the first yeah. to sort of lay it out publicly and be like, right, yeah. we're going to invest this and do this. Mm. And effect- effectively, that was because they had their presidents and their presidents had to lay out all those kind of things. Yeah. And what they've basically done, and I'm, I said this on Football Daily, I know it still exists. Um, <laughs> right, we, They've made a rod for their own back and it's made their lives more difficult because they've given themselves essentially a manifesto they then have to fulfill mm-hmm. and it's meant that they can't move away from that and the best per- the best people to do that have been people like Ancelotti who have not engaged in the politics yeah. when it came down to Gareth Bale's agent comment the other day he didn't say it he was literally like maybe it was just best he didn't say anything and that wasn't him having a go but if you look at the, the comments in context they're actually incredibly political and they are him being as diplomatic as he can so if they're getting rid of a guy who's diplomatic and they, they bring someone do? in who's not. I mean, Zidane knows how to toe the line. Do you know? Like he will toe the Real Madrid line. Oh, will he? Will he? Will he just be a puppet again? I don't think they'll get, I I, get him in now. I think you'll see. You might see Klopp coming in. But that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Is how? I mean, Dave will tactically know how well. I mean, it would be amazing to see Ronaldo in a Klopp system. Like how aggressive. It is wouldn't. That? It would, like Klopp needs young players. I think that's why. Why they, he needs players in their twenty, early twenties, like the 19, 20, 21. You like the likes of you know Kagawa that came back to Dortmund and was twenty five. 
or tw- you're 25, 26, he was past it. So the likes of Ronaldo, you can't. The, another thing about Klopp is it's very the team. It's very everyone presses together. You know, you can't. You don't see that Real Madrid. But do you think you but could see he, him adapt? And you think because this is what I think is Klopp has never. He's managed at the high level, but he's managed a team who were un, always underdogs. Yeah. If you go to Real Madrid then, and this is why Ancelotti is so amazing, and essentially why the True Geordies video about Pep Guardiola was so interesting, um, about why he was overrated, mm. was that you're looking at him in an incredibly high-end context. It's like saying Usain Bolt was slowed down. Yeah, mate, he's still fucking faster than you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's always going to be faster right, than right. you. And that's the point, is to maintain that high level, this takes... To earn nothing but get good performances still takes an incredibly high level of coaching from yeah. Carlo Ancelotti. Because if you or I went in there, there's no respect. There's a big difference. That's what I think with Ancelotti. He's a good coach. He's a very good coach. He gets on with the players. He teaches the players a lot about being a player because he was a brilliant ball-playing central midfielder. But what he's not got is that tactical ability to change things like the Alan Mourinho, Alan Ferguson, Alan Rafa Benitez. You know, all the good tactical managers will, will, will see that, you know, there's an issue with our, uh, you know, no one sitting in front of our back four. Let's bring on a defensive midfielder. Let's put a. Um, that's, that's why he suffered against Juve, Dave. It's because Allegri yeah. outthought him. Let's come exactly. Back. We'll, yeah. come, we'll come back eventually because we've got to mention. And that's also why Xabi Alonso was good for him because he was a thinking midfielder. Yeah, exactly. He did his game. thinking on the pitch for yeah, him. Exactly. Coached the lads. And that's what you need out there. Anyway, sorry. That, that is effectively, I'm rambling. I want to come back to Juve because yeah. obviously they are the finalists. Yeah, Real Madrid is post mortem. But in terms of Juve, so you were talking earlier about the tactics, you're loving that diamond, all this sort of stuff. How do you think that's going to work up against Barcelona? Like what, are they going to employ? Is he going to stick with a similar system? You know, a bit more pragmatic. You know, I think it'll, I think he'll play the same. You know, the four four two four four two diamond hybrid as it as it was yesterday, where they did look vulnerable. They didn't. They, they, they looked vulnerable in the first half because of one man, Paul Pogba, wasn't doing his job properly. I was quite critical of Pogba last night. Obviously, he's a hyped up player. He scores brilliant goals, but when you watch Pogba play week in week out he's hot and cold mm-hmm. he'll be so hot in one half he'll be cold in the other he'll be rubbish all game and he'll score a 30 yard screamer he isn't the finished article and you know these prices that people are quoting £300,000 a week is absolutely crazy for him he's nowhere near you look at players that are 22 at the moment reeling off a list of players that are probably better than David Alaba Verratti uh, you know, uh, Bernat from Bayern Munich they're three players that are definitely better than him at this level and they're his age mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where this player's been overhyped because of his technical ability he's mercurial in some, he's mercurial yeah. he's enigmatic he's it ha- do you know what it helps him he's in Italy as well because Mario Balotelli suffers from the same thing that's who because- I would say he's like is Mario Balotelli he's got great potential but if his attitude stinks he ain't going to get nowhere Let's, we'll come back to Pogba as well because sure. that's how we're trying to do but I, I want to know do you think Juventus have a chance? So everyone's saying this absolutely. Barcelona team they absolutely are the favourites. No, they you know, absolutely do. Blown away. But do, do you what? think that they can, obviously can win it, but do you think they will? I'm sorry, I cut Dave off midway through analysing those tactics. So maybe it's best that Dave finishes tactically. Well, I'd say that one thing, obviously, you've got to do to stop a Pirlo team is stop Pirlo's man marking, put him out of the game. Um, Real Madrid didn't do that, and that was a massive error. I'd probably say that Barcelona are not going to do that either. I reckon they'll sit off off uh, Real, sit off Juventus a bit and potentially play on the counter attack against them. Let Juventus have the ball, let Pirlo dominate, and hit, look to take them on the break. When you've got the likes of you know Messi, Neymar, Suarez versus Benucci and Chiellini <laughs> on the counter attack, that's quite frightening in a way. I thought, uh, but then Juve will sit deep. Pretty, this what is if Juve really sit deep? Interesting. This is the thing. Yeah, if Juve play on the counter attack, then isn't isn't that fascinating though? That all season we well all of last season we were talking about this buccaneering, mm. fast flowing football. Dortmund have suffered this season. Atletico haven't gotten to the final. They were beaten uh, on the way by who who beat who put Atletico out? Uh, they lost to 
Barca were they? No, they didn't lose to Barca because Barca beat all the champions on their way. Barca, and oh, this yeah, is a great story, is Barca beat City, PSG, Bayern, Juve. That's all the champions. Destiny, that's yeah. the destiny. Champions League. No, but that's the point, is that their they destiny... Beat the actual. They've beaten the actual yeah. champion yeah. of every league. That's what I mean. It, and and I think they were even in the Bayern, same... They were, they? Yeah, they beat Bayern. Beat yeah. Bayern sorry, yeah, But they were also in the same group as Ajax. Obviously, Dutch champions. Yeah, but, but this is my point: is that they've gone all the way to the final, they've beaten all the champions. Wouldn't it be amazing now if Juve go and take that? Do you know oh. what I mean? Like, they if if they beat Juve, they will have beaten every champion, all the important champions. Love it. Like, I got knocked out by Real. Terrible knowledge. Lads. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, we forget about that. We don't care. Let's, let's move on to the other the other semi final, which was obviously Barcelona. Like we were just well, we've already moved on to that. Mate. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah we've seamlessly um, transitioned until you signposted it back. Suarez has got in here, and he's got Neymar in support, and Barcelona have their away goal. And all the optimism that came by Munich's way as a result of Bonatia's early goal has lasted just eight minutes. Barcelona are Champions League finalists for the first time in four years. So it was actually a better game. It was, it was close enough for it was going to be in terms of, I thought it was, it was done and dusted. You know, I don't know. And going in, but for can I just say one? Can goal, I just say one more thing about Juve for the final? We'll, we'll come. We will come okay, back cool, to you. Right, we'll, yeah. I'll mention it a little. Bit. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, it, you thought it was done and dusted, but it wasn't quite that with it. They Bayern sort of almost came back. Mate, it was in, done. In a way. No, it was done. Yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris, yeah, no, Chris, 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 thinking... Chris Henry's the journalist. Text me and he said, um, "It's like you know when you're playing FIFA with your younger brother and you go, all right, yeah, cool, have those back,' and you give them a couple of goals. Yeah. They were possibly a little bit scared, okay, okay, but there was so, never any real narrative there." So, would you say tactically again it was Pep Guardiola's fault? In the first leg, people were sort of you know up until the seventy minutes, you might argue he got it right, but after the fact, he got it wrong with playing the three centre backs, a lot yeah. of space there to exploit, yeah. all this sort of stuff. In the second leg, he obviously had less so options because he had to chase the game. Do you think he did control it like he said that he wanted to? So what? 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 There was a brilliant piece of analysis on Monday Night Football from Gary Neville and um, Jamie Carragher before the game talking about how. Uh, Guardiola was doing was doing this man man, uh, man marking mm. pressing system where they yeah. went three v three at the back and they got the extra man in midfield and they were pressing very similar to a very similar to um, when Barcelona Pep's Barcelona played Athletic Bilbao and literally what Bilbao did with the man marked and they followed them all over the pitch it was a Bielsa side yeah and it was the, one of the times that Pep Guardiola has thought these guys were better than my side mm. so what he tried to do he tried to bring the game he tried to do that to the Barcelona team the problem is this Barcelona team is, is a little bit more on the counter-attack it's a little bit more structured it's an Enrique Barcelona team not a Pep team and I think Pep tried to beat himself in a way by playing this way and obviously in the first leg Lionel Messi beat Rafinha flicked, flicked the ball on and it went through to Suarez and Suarez had a big chance that again that same thing happened in the second leg for the for the second Neymar goal mm, yeah. where Lionel Messi won an aerial duel in the middle of the pitch flicked the ball onto Suarez Suarez cleaned through and they were scared of Manuel Neuer so they scored the FIFA goal against him didn't they? Well, they but that, it that, that, do you know what's interesting though is that's what Pep never had was he never had a fully developed winger that could go alongside those guys yeah. and now he's essentially got I mean Barcelona have a dangerous winger in Luis Suarez he's a striker but he plays wide so he's a winger in that sense and, yeah. and he cuts in so easily I mean he's always played the flanks since he since since um, since fuck, yeah, Brennan Rodgers came up with it he's always sort of cut he's in from the outside he's, making the space. He, he's, he's playing as a number nine but that's what I'm saying is that he's he, he can he basically drags people out wide 
and can go back inside. So the markers go out and then he goes back in. And the interesting side of that is that Pep never had that at Barcelona. He had Pedro and other people Because like he, he played it a little bit differently, didn't he? He played Messi through it, the middle and then, the, then the, the wingers came in, the wingers cut in, which is a bit different exactly. from what this team does. And I think, it's not, I mean, he can't be that tactically naive to play against them like that. Yeah. It, but I don't understand. It appeared it. it came but, yeah. No, but that's yeah. the point. Is That's why I'm slightly worried for Juve in the final is because... Suarez is one of those unpredictable players. Messi's one of those unpredictable. Neymar's an yeah. unpredictable player, and that's what makes it difficult to predict. Is against that back line, unless Chiellini's hot on him, which you'd imagine again is another amazing narrative. Chiellini versus Suarez in yeah. this final, then what what's going to happen there? And ever as well, ever as well. and well, ever as well. But that's the interesting <laughs> thing is there's so many different narratives in this. Let me, so come back to Pep a little bit. So it's the second season in a row now. He's been there two years. Um, to be fair, he's got to the semi final twice. Yes, but they've been knocked out. They've by a deservedly winning team yeah. um, after winning the league they, their form drops off second year in a row obviously for a club of Bayern's size mm-hmm. and quality with them dominating dominating their own league mm-hmm. the Champions League is the barometer for success so would you say his two years now have been somewhat of a failure a no. narrow glorious league title winning failure but at the same time should he not have done better in those two semi-finals? He's only fulfilled just the basics. He's completely changed his style, though. He's, he's, he's a lot of credibility there. You know, he's changed the way. You could argue that part of Germany's, you know, part of Germany winning the World Cup was down to Pep. Mm. You know, he changed. He's changed a lot of the German players from counter-attacking players to ball-playing players. Yeah. Similar to how Spain were dominant in, at international level. Muller's evolved as a player. Muller's definitely evolved. It looks like they might have fallen out a little bit. You know, with the Something comments from last on, week. <laughs> Something going. Lewandowski's um, evolved. Yeah, and just a season. It's cr- it's crazy how the the wingers that he's lost have pretty much cost him everything this this year, and that's. So do you think the the injuries were the key? One hundred percent, you know, factor you, in deciding. He would have had. Look a, at those two guys. Those two guys. Yeah. Had they stayed fit, they were in for being that third guy in the, the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. yeah, and that's. I mean, again, I'll make that point again. If you're a high end player or you're a high end manager. It's small margins, isn't it? And he's mid- and the semi-final is a yeah. small margin. Let me ask you something. So you're saying that is the deciding factor, but I've seen a lot of people say that basically the problem for Bayern Munich is that they dominate their own league. There's not enough of a challenge there, especially this year. So do Real and Barcelona. Exactly. So well, that's what I was going to say to you. So people are saying there's no competition for the title in their league. Recently, it's made them soft. When they come up against a top-class team like Barcelona, they're not used to it, you know, and they've, they've paid for it in the end. You could say, look at Juventus, they're in a similar situation, they're dominating their league and they've done just fine, they've got through to the final. But what do you say to that argument that people have been making? I don't think that's a very valid argument, to be quite honest. I think Juventus is a better argument. Juventus, Serie A is very weak at the moment. Mm. You'd definitely say, you know, the best team, Roma, you'd say that the second best team have pretty much fallen off in the last, like, 20 games, they've been awful. Yeah. Um, you know, look in Germany, you've got Borussia Mönchengladbach coming back, who are a top, top side, Wolfsburg, mm. who are a top side, who did over Bayern. Yeah. Uh, I think it is just down to this they lost the players so they have to play a certain tactical way you know you had the likes of Schweinsteiger and Thiago playing, playing out wide that's nowhere near their strength yeah. uh, but, and I'd say maybe what they could do in the league is you know, put more money back into the league sign more players based in the Bundesliga so you're getting more money that's going to fill the well, well, they sort of do that but they do on yeah, free transfers you imagine if they'd spent 40 million on Lewandowski 
Um, you know, they did spend a lot on Mario Goetzer. Yeah, but still not enough. I, I, yeah, I, I you, you'd say that basically Bayern's selfishness is slight, again, they've slightly made a rub for their own back by creating the situation to have such a monopoly and such yeah. dominance in but Bundesliga. It does that affect Can I just say, though, there's also something that people never point out that. And I, well, but people do point this out. But there's in each country there are teams who have political influence as well, mm-hmm. and Bayern have an incredible political influence in their country. You know, I'm a big fan of Adidas as a, as a brand um, in terms of kind of footballing branding. I think they do. You know, obviously they're a Bayern. You want, you want some free kit or something? You want yeah, g- give me some free. No, Adidas, I'm, if you're listening, send us one. I've had that right. I've, that's been part of my life at one point where I just got free boots and those kind of things. But my point would be that. They have incredible political influence within UEFA because for a very long time they've been an influential team. Look at or look at the guys who sit, Rummenigge. Uh, look at all the guys who sit on their board. Look at all the guys who, who sit behind them. They have incredible political influence, and it allows them to influence the right people in the right place to be able to make sure that teams such as Wolfsburg, teams such as Dortmund, sit in a bracket that means they can be competitive, but not quite as competitive as Bayern can be. It's like whenever and the they same get, for Real and Barca. Whenever they get to a level where they can compete, they take all their talent. Like yeah. we've seen recently, Borussia Dortmund, there's been times where it's happened to Gladbach. Oh, yeah. It's happened. It happens. Well, they're talking about De Bruyne taking De Bruyne from Wolfsburg this I, summer. But Bayern imagine if that happens. That That's the same. I mean, the, the best and most overt model, if you're a fan of the Premier League, is when Villa lost all their belief because they lost all their good players. They lost... Gareth Barry, they lost Martin O'Neill. Essentially, yeah, he's yeah. the only manager who's going to get in there. They it could have yeah, lost Ben the Hall. They lost Ashley Young. But what I'm saying is, if you look at that on a grander level, even when you just lose those guys, it takes away from the squad belief because it's like, well, if those guys are going, why why should I believe in it? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Me, and that's what Bayern are good at doing. They're good at taking the political wheels off another side. Let me bring it back to Pep specifically. So. It's looking like next year potentially is his last year mm-hmm. at Bayern Munich. Last year of his contract. No, he'll sign another contract. I don't know if he will. I think he might. I think he off. will. I think he's politically posturing at the moment. I think okay. he'll go a little bit longer. Either way, so say after, even if he doesn't leave, after those three years he's been at Bayern Munich, he will be judged on uh, European success, I think, more so than domestic success. So what do you think he needs to do next season in order to try and change this trend in the last two years of getting knocked down the semi-finals pretty comprehensively as it turns out face so someone seen, else <laughs> yeah. I've seen some so some people are sort of saying in terms of you know you mentioned the injuries there as a key factor they're saying that he needs to revitalise the squad because it is ageing you've got key players like Schweinsteiger Robin Ribery who aren't the youngest players anymore do they need to bring younger players in like De Bruyne there's some mention of Koke people like that Goetz is part of that team yeah he's they, not a key He's they not need that key element of yeah, but that's the point is anywhere else he would be. So that's the point is they do have talent in there that can influence that side. Okay, but not but what do you think he needs to change then? Because obviously he needs to change something because they're not getting through to the final. They're not I don't competing know, with those top class it, it, what he needs I'm not to sure become, it's personnel. It's become more pragmatic. I think that's what yeah. it's got to be. So, do you, so you think it's a tactical thing? Pep Guardiola can't just go out every game I'm playing my style yeah. no matter what. But, but he hasn't he done that. More, exactly, he's he's so, been outsiked by other managers. But he, he's, he has also sort of stuck with this sort of pressing system against Barcelona. And you look at mis, his midfield quite old Lahm, Schweinsteiger. They need to sit deep and, def- and hit people on the counter-attack because they're older players. Sure. And what they need to do is they need to get Mario Goetz up playing behind Lewandowski they need to get that Borussia Dortmund combination back together mm. um, Lewandowski is one of the best players in the world when you hit the ball to him early you know bringing people that in just scoring like he just did a goal you know he just put it away just it was like it's like when he scored four goals against Real Madrid he just did four goals he got the ball four times and scored four times they need to get the best out of him and I think that's Guardiola at the start of the season the first probably half maybe three quarters of the season wasn't getting anything out of Lewandowski Lewandowski looked a bit like you know I don't really care about this at the moment I'm not the main man anymore 
and he's the key man. Lewandowski is the key man for them to, to, to win the Champions League next season. It has to be him and his goals. That kind of goes a little bit against what people think about Pep's system, though, doesn't it? I mean, I know, actually, actually, though, Messi was an incredibly influential guy at, yeah. at, at Barcelona and probably the focus of Pep's system. But that's a little bit further behind Lewandowski. And he, he's also a different player, you know, he's a ball player. Exactly. But Lewandowski is a fantastic ball player as well. Forget how good he is on the ball, uh, you know, playing passes and, and playing through balls and that, creating chances. But that's what's going to be interesting, right? Is if you look at the Bayern team, they've spread their stats around, they've got a lot of different influences within them that side. Look at this Barca side who got to the final. Who's got the top assists? Uh, Messi who's got the top uh, goal attempts Messi who's got the top goals Messi who's got the top everything in that side Messi <laughs> Messi 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 and that's n- it's testament to him but also testament to a system which means that if they need to they can bypass Messi a little bit so listen, but he's still up, the fulcrum of that yeah. wrapping up the Champions League team Barcelona and Juventus in the final I'm a little bit torn who I want to win but who do you think is will win I think Barcelona are going to win can we try contrast the brain against if that's Bayern hard. win it I'll say it again they beat City PSG Bayern and they'll beat Juve in the final All to the literally win the Champions League. Yeah, it's a bit that, more, that will be. That's a bit more. It's yeah. arguably one of the best sides ever. You'd say it's up there with the 2010-11 Barca team when it was via Pedro Messi up front, where Messi was the main man. Do you know what else though? One thing we haven't mentioned: Ter Stegen. Just, just oh, for a yeah, second, yeah. he was incredible. Such vulnerability. The vulnerability of his save. Have a goalie is key to. <laughs> no, it's key to their career. Oh, yeah. because, because the few moments he was called on, that goal where he just slightly gets a hand on it the and then just tips it around yeah. the post. That was the most incredible. impressive. The one before, almost before he dug it out, that was yeah. as impressive. Yeah. Incredible. I'd say another thing about it was impressive about his distribution. He was finding the fullbacks brilliantly when when, Bar- when Bayern were pressing. But anyway. So do you think Barca are going to win? Yes. I think Juve will win. And I think it... Because... And here comes the comment that Chris sent me beforehand. I, I don't actually have it immediately in front of me. It goes to something like this. Um, and it was it was when Dortmund were playing Juve. I think <coughs> it must be in the Champions League, yeah, right? Yeah, Dortmund, the yeah. comment is... And it, Chris Hennish sent me this. I want to credit this to him because I never looked it up. It's something like we're facing the biggest challenge in world football. An Italian side that need a draw. Yeah. yeah. And... That's the interesting side. It's an, it's an Italian side that only need a 1-0 win. Yeah. Or they only need Tevez or Llorente to do something quickly and then watch them sit and just go, go on then, do it. And no, then we'll break them. Then if they break on Barca, Barca do not have a back line that can cope with that. I'd say they, they might do. I think Gerard Piquet we has can, been unbelievable. Look we at can preview well, it closer. Side, we can do it closer. <laughs> Got to wrap up there because we have taken half the podcast. The I'm happy with that. Uh, I'm so, sure the guys, there's all the Champions League chat. Let us know who you think is going to win the final on Twitter. Tweets at the front free. And, uh, we'll be back and why? Not just and why. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, we're back in a little bit with a bit of transfer news. Let's talk a little bit of transfer news, the three biggest stories of the last week or so. Yeah. Number one, we've already touched on it, so let's briefly just talk about um, Jürgen Klopp at yeah. Real Madrid. So the stories build are reporting that uh, Carlo Ancelotti will be sacked, which you all yeah. sort of know is going to happen anyway. And uh, Jürgen Klopp is the man Florentino Perez wants to bring in as a replacement. So yeah. we've already talked a little bit about Klopp's systems, Ancelotti. Do you think it's the right manager for Real Madrid, yes or no? No. No. no, I mean because of his uh, tactical. The they're always going to make it work. Uh, like okay. A manager, if he takes it, will always make it work. But I, what I'm saying is, I think there's other candidates that I'd rather see, such as I, I want to see Zidane go through and take it. Just partly because you it's know what, politically, badly, I, I never wish people to fail. But <laughs> I want Zidane. I, I, I don't like Zidane. Zidane. I don't dislike Zidane. Yeah. I, I like. I, I, I like Zidane, <laughs> but I dislike the way that Real Madrid conduct themselves. Yes, and that's what I'm saying is that I, you know. You know what? Have your cake and eat it, Real Madrid. And Klopp is not their cake. Klopp yeah. is Klopp is red velvet cake, all right. And they want they want thick, gooey chocolate cake. 
All right? Fair <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Dave, why do you want to seize a damn fan? It's just one of those wanker, things where it's been. It's, it, he hasn't done the Willie Willie Sagnolan like gone to Bordeaux. Uh, and, he's, he's not done the Pep Guardiola. He's, he's not done the Pep He's not done the Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew would say he's not. He's just not gone there, and he's not. I don't feel that he's learned. Obviously, he's been to see Pep, and he's done this and he's done that. But what's he really done in a way? Like, has he gone and managed the the uh, reserve team on his own? You know, he's obviously got this other coach that's apparently coached. He's not got his license. He's. He's just. I think there's a bit missing there with for me with Zidane. I don't know if he's got it. I think he'll be another sort of Ancelotti. You know, Ancelotti was brought through when he finished off as a player. I think he's going to be tactically and aware. Hopefully, he proves me wrong. Hopefully, he'll play brilliant attacking football and Real Madrid will be awesome. But I just can't see it. I just can't see. I think some players, you know, the players that are ultra ultra talented, the likes of Maradona and those types of players, they just don't make good managers. Have you got a lot of evidence apart to stack from, it back, Apart back from... Kenny Dalglish. No. So you say Pep Guardiola, left through... Fuck off, Kenny Dalglish. Cruyff. 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 Come on, Kenny Dalglish was amazing, man. This week, this week, in fact, today when we're recording this podcast, 20 years since Kenny Dalglish won the league with... Go and listen. Go and listen on the BBC iPlayer to Joy of the Rovers. Um, edited by Lawrence oh, McKenna. Nice um, <laughs> genuinely, I did edit. Um, uh, uh, Kenny Dalglish, amazing manager. Uh, who else? Johan Cruyff. Pep who else? Uh, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola. Yeah. But Pep Guardiola was not at the top. But Pep Guardiola was Pep not. Pep Guardiola won things at Barcelona, yeah, but, mate. But what, what I mean with Zidane and these great players, like the Maradona, are the top, very, top, very. You mean that mercurial player? For example, the Messi and Ronaldo won't be good managers. Someone tweeted that the other day. There was like a photo yeah, shot so, uh, Messi and Ronaldo in the like, future. Yeah, the, uh, the future <laughs> of um, El Clasico. Yeah. So the other uh, big story this week, I don't want to talk too much about it because we already talked about Pogba, yeah, but uh, The Guardian, which is obviously a bit more uh, trustworthy. It's not, but take the piss out of these stories, mate. No, no, no. So they, they, the, a proper report saying the City have offered Yaya Torre as a make-away uh, and a potential deal for Paul Pogba. Uh, do you think... Well, he is valued at 75 million, apparently. But do you think, if he does leave, should, first, should he leave Juventus, the finalists yeah. and champions of, uh, of Italy? Should he leave? And do you think City is the best place for him if he does leave? I think a, he should stay for one more season. I think he should stay for one more year. three, four more seasons. I don't no, know. I, I, I think, think Serie A is a waste, of his, a waste of his talent. But, but saying that, though, they've got the best European coefficient this season. So Serie A is on the rise. Juventus. It is on the up. The, the, there's teams, you know, the likes of Lazio are coming back. Napoli. The likes of Roma, Napoli... Fiorentina the competitiveness is not great now but I can see the upward curve it's the start now they've had too much you know they've had too many poor seasons where these teams haven't competed and now we're sort of seeing Napoli Fiorentina and Juventus being in the semi-final of the European competitions I think it's time for it to change I'd, I'd just like to see him um, in, in, a, in an environment I think would suit him which is a high end something like you say he has hot and cold weeks right yeah if you're in the Premier League or a high intensity league which we know statistically is a more intense league than yeah. Syria what are we going to see from Paul Pogba then will we see him completely drop out of games or will we see him Real. engage with those back lines week after week and be like bam, I'd love, bam, bam. love to see him over here or will, you know, will he effectively upgrade from the Yaya Torre role because he does kind of fill a similar position uh, there Yaya Torre is like so far ahead of, of Paul Pogba yeah but, now, but imagine what we think about imagine what we thought about Yaya Torre when he left Barcelona we knew this he was vastly underrated yeah, but we also knew that he needed to go to a side where they'd appreciate his talents more what I'm saying is I'm, I'm just wondering Juve can cope with that Paul Pogba Paul Pogba can go I'm just not sure I'd like to see him go to Man City I wouldn't want to see him at Man City anyway well yeah obviously or, yeah. or I wouldn't want to see him back at United either 
I wouldn't take him back. Well, coming on to United, the other big story that's been rumbling on for ages is, of course, David De Gea. Yeah. So he hasn't officially signed a new contract yet. Or unofficially. Yeah, or unofficially. But his current deal runs out at the end of next summer. Mm. So uh, you've got the Express, you've got the Mirror, you've got the Mount. Everyone basically saying... All the big names. (laughs) All saying, not the most reliable, but, you know, all together, they're basically saying that they think he is going to leave. Yeah. Do you think he's going to leave? Do you think he's going to stay? And how important is he for Manchester United? Going for that first one, how important he is. I looked the other day in terms of United's results, uh, the saves that he'd made in these games. Mm-hmm. Worked out that he'd won them an extra 36 points or something stupid like that. that you know, the games like West Ham, the Everton, um, Arsenal, Liverpool, there were so many games where I looked back and I thought, if David De Gea hadn't made those two world-class saves, we'd lost that game or we wouldn't have got that draw. And it was pretty incredible. And you forget that how he's been excellent, but he has been pretty, pretty good. Do you think, though, I mean, okay, so here's my question about David De Gea. He's a wonderful goal. He, fantastic. Like, he's yeah. incredibly able. If you'd had a more experienced goalkeeper in there, say a Victor Valdez, yeah. would you have had a back line that was so well marshaled, which is not something that David De Gea currently does, that he wouldn't have had to make those saves? I would say no, because I don't think any of our centre-halves at the moment, our leaders, our commanders, I don't think... But that, what if they'd had a goalkeeper? I, 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 think, I think that you need both. I think that you need exactly. to have a really drilled back line. I think you need a centre-back that is very, very vocally dominant and you need a goalkeeper. You need both to have that sort of connection. I think if you have one and not the other, it doesn't work. If you have neither, obviously it doesn't work. Um, but I just think, I don't think it, I think it would have been exactly the same. I think David De Gea has bailed us out and we've had to have, I think it suited Man United this year that we've had a goalkeeper that has got the reflexes and yeah. has got this and has got that. That kind of works out for us. So can I just have one more follow-up question after that? That's exactly the answer I was, that's exactly yeah. the answer I thought. What then do United do in the off season A if De Gea goes they, then they bring in Valdez yeah. right it would be the natural thought I think, the... I think you've got to you've got to go for Hugo Lloris straight away you've got to okay Th- then they go for Hugo Lloris but, but <laughs> again we've seen Lloris hasn't been able to make the best of that back line I heard um, Asamir Begovic no I wouldn't want but Begovic is you know he's another he's a Stoke player he's a player that he's at a Mignolet in a way where he's very very good uh, Mignolet was voted oh, no, player no, no, of the no, no, season no, 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 thank you very much mate let, let me just explain myself so yeah, Mignolet um, Mignolet and Begovic are goalkeepers that are good at taking a lot of shots in a game uh, being active in the game yeah. they're not good at not being in the play and that happens at Man United that happened even more at Man United this he's been in the play quite but, a lot but then that's because we've been making such mistakes we made 29 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mistakes in the Premier 29 defensive errors in the Premier League this season. Only Everton have made more, but only three of those have resulted in goals. So yeah. that is David De Gea bailing us Making out. He's like made the most 1v1 saves. He's got, you know, he's made more saves than any other team in the top four. So, David, who do you get in that back line to solve your centre back issues? Obviously, the obvious Matt man, Hummels. Matt Hummels. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the man at the moment, isn't it? Really, you, you think he's, you know, he's a leader, he, he could lead the line, he can play the ball out the back. Hopefully he can speak English. I'm not too sure whether he can. Even if he can't, that's not a huge problem. No, you? not a massive one, but you'd like to, to fit in straight away. You'd like him to be communicating with teammates, you know, having a crack in training, having a bit of a laugh. But I think, you know, that, he's the, the main man, I reckon, Matt Hummels. Do you think he's attainable? 
I, I think yeah, he wants think to leave Borussia Dortmund. I think I, I would love to see him in a United shirt. Don't you think Mats Hummels would look he, good in a United shirt? And Adidas well. United shirt, with one, I, I which I'd love, yeah. is one that he would look great in. You know what right, I mean? Right. Okay. That's it for the transfer news. Yeah. So quick little break. Transfer news. On with the questions. <sighs> Perfect transition. So these ones we're going to have to answer quite. I'm not. I'm not Mate, I still would open this kit. Yeah, I know. So we'll, we'll, do, we'll try and do these relatively quickly. So not in depth. Quick answers. Fire. Right. Okay. I'd rather have in depth stuff. I thought that was quite good chat. Do you know no, I mean? amazing, but we've run out of time. So we just what you meant Memphis Depay at the weekend? It was pretty good. Cool. Yeah, I saw you tweet, mate. He scored seven this season, am I correct? Bloody hell, it's fucking crazy. There you go. Include so that thinking, in your shitty podcast. I'm thinking like a minute per question, so yeah, we yeah. just go... Right. Okay, you ready? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, here we go with the questions, all submitted via Twitter out of the front mm. three. Fire them in if you want to fire in more for next week. The first question, I like this one a lot because I'm quite interested to find the answer. Some great questions this week. So, JM yeah. at JMedicine1, he said, a bit of a personal question, oh. but he wants to know Do I look how good we in came. Shirt? Yeah. <laughs> no, he wants to know how we came to support the teams that we support. Oh, that's a good question. It's quite Dave. good. So, come on, Dave. Well, you can tell from Dave's accent how he came to support. Well, uh, obviously, from Manchester. Man United fan. Um, I, I don't know where it came. It just a family thing. I think my mum was uh, actually she's from Southampton, so she spotted Southampton with her granddad. But obviously, being we were in Manchester, so she took me to United, and obviously, season ticket holder there. Um, first game was Fiorentina versus Man United. Paul Scholes scored an absolute thunderbolt, and what Gabriel Batistuta scored a thunderbolt. I think it was maybe it was ninety nine, two thousand. I think yeah. maybe yeah. brilliant game. Mm. Love. Um, I'm actually from Liverpool. I was born in Liverpool. What? lived my, lived the first couple of years of my life in Liverpool. Uh, a lot of my family is still in Liverpool. Mm. It's a, it's a, such a lovable city. And just down the years, I've just had experiences that have compounded that. Like it was it was you know for me, I grew up at a time when it was impossible to be a Liverpool fan because I didn't grow up in Liverpool when I went to school. And the first time I went to school, people were like you know who do you support? And I was like oh Liverpool, and everyone was like oh, yeah you support a <laughs> shit team like you know. I think oh, yeah, I was yeah, I would have been six or whatever, right? And that's when Liverpool, nineteen ninety four, Liverpool were at the very lowest. Like they yeah. they won the FA Cups, but they were crap. And like United were imperious at that time. My first memory of the football game was when Eric Cantona scored the goal in, in the FA, FA Cup, Cup final. final. Yeah. And that, but the thing is, that wasn't the best. That was that was when Liverpool were at their very worst because all their players had been corrupted by the media, and they were so unlovable as a side. But down the year, but like. Stepping out in cream suits, look it up on YouTube, in the oh, final, is the biggest wanker movie you could possibly call. <laughs> Stan Collymore part of that side. Steve McManaman, and Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Some guys there with humility, but then people like Stan Collymore. And you think, and I just, I just grew to love him. A few years ago, and this is the, my, the best experience I've ever had as a fan. Uh, by the way, my first game was Sion v Liverpool. Liverpool won 6-3. Incredible okay. game. Guy turned up at halftime, it was 3-0 Liverpool. He went... How are you doing? The guy's like, not miss much, don't worry, mate. Liverpool are fucking rampant, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I made a Liverpool documentary a few years ago for, um, for TalkSport. Absolutely incredible. One of the first huge audio documentaries I've made. I got to talk to Ian Callaghan, most Liverpool uh, appearances ever. Got to talk to Jan Mulby, got to talk to John Barnes, got to talk to Roy Evans, got to talk to all these guys. And I found out a lot more about the club. And all, the only thing I'd say to you is, if you're a new fan, you're a young fan, go and understand why your club is such an institution. If you're a United yeah. fan go and look it up because it'll give you so much more of when people say it's the Liverpool way it's the United way they don't just mean Ferguson and you know Rogers. even over this past week listening to someone like Tim Sherwood speak I've heard so much more about why Tim yeah. Sherwood's respected now and you just get so much more appreciation for now as opposed to in the past we're so now you know we're talking about the Champions League and I was going to yeah, yeah, yeah. just look at the past 
Adam, sorry, you said a minute per question, but I really fucked I did, that up. yeah. We, so why do you support Spurs? I am literally only a Spurs fan because my dad supports Spurs. But you see, I like that. It's passed good, yeah. through the... Through the uh, it's the bloodline. Yeah, of course. Game of Thrones. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like you don't have a choice, really, yeah. But I'm glad. I, I love Spurs. It's a great, I think it's a great team to support. Always the underdog when I was younger. They really? always finished like 14th or 15th, wouldn't they? What do you mean now when I was younger? They still are. <laughs> no, but they're, they're fifth. They're fifth, aren't they? Sixth. One of those teams. But back in the day, yeah, 14th, 15th, it's terrible. I never feel threatened when I play Spurs. You know? <laughs> I always used to think Liverpool were terrible. Do you know, like when you were saying Liverpool, that was a bad patch. Terrible. But then I didn't, I didn't understand when I was younger that it actually had ever been successful, that they had that. It wasn't until you're like 10, 12, you start realising, oh God, they actually it's were Because when you're six, you're, you're, you have no idea it's of like, history. God, Liverpool terrible. <laughs> yeah, just like, and, really bad. And you wondered why people kept saying things like, oh, you know, it's the Liverpool way. I was always yeah, like, like what, what are you talking about? Liverpool way is losing a match, mate. Like, Liverpool way is having Steve McManaman run down the wing for 90 minutes, doing little <laughs> step overs, <laughs> and then Robbie Fowler missing a goal, which me, yeah. actually never happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me come on to the next one. It's less less personal, more, more footy, more footy. Uh, so Aaron, uh, at Meech Isn't Dead, says, will Man United or Arsenal be Chelsea's main rival for the title next year? So basically, who is going to be Chelsea's main rival next season? I think there'd be more than... I think it'd be I think who's going to okay, who's, yeah. who's finish runners-up? Or, well, that's presumptuous. Chelsea to an imperious Louis van Gaal team, mate. Yeah, who's going to be the main challenger for... I think Chelsea? it's going to be Man United because of the fact that Wenger, tactically, still a little bit... You know, he can get beat. I, I do mm. think this weekend that Man United will turn over Arsenal just because Van Gaal has something over the people, the top six teams. You look at his record top six this year. Man United have earned 19 points. That's four more than any other side in the top six. Mm-hmm. They've picked up six wins, one draw, and two defeats. It's a pretty imperious record. If they learn how to beat the smaller teams, and Memphis Depay will help them do that, you know, someone that shoots, someone that can score a free kick, someone that can bang a goal in from 20 yards, I think we will, you know, Man United will go on to be the main title challengers to Chelsea. Here's why Arsenal will be the main challengers. One of the main challengers. Just because Dave's already made some amazing yeah. points. Alexi Sanchez will have a season under his belt yeah. at Arsenal. He'll be incredible next season, mm. providing he doesn't get injured, because his muscular disposition does mean that from time to time he may get injured. Mm. Yes. And he wasn't always fit at Barcelona. They will buy a better centre-back. They will buy a better goalkeeper. Yes, I think that's it. And, they will, and, yeah, and that that's, is, right. that's a better Arsenal side. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll have a fit midfield combo of either Wiltshire and a foreigner to go alongside They've him. also stumbled or, across this, this Cockerland yeah, co- solution Ramsey, I reckon. some of those problems. For me, that was a bit of a, a, bit of a stop gap. We forgot I about one man. Santi Cazorla has been playing central midfield for the last two months and he's been incredible. This is the cherry on the top of my argument, Dave, Sorry, is man. that Santi Cazorla <laughs> will, be, will be, again, another great part of that side. And if they buy someone else... So basically, they need three people. Goalkeeper, centre-back, another centre-forward. And you've got a side... Yeah who've got the nucleus of something that can yeah. challenge for a they'll title a lot of parts are in place and they've just got a few little things if not they'll still they'll still make sure they take points away from United or yeah. Chelsea and make the title race more It'd interesting be interesting to see City's transfer policy over the summer because obviously they're going to well they'll have they a new could. manager well apparently today the Guardian is saying stick with Pellegrini they're going to stick with one more year I mean that's one more year but that's one interesting because they want to get Pep don't they at the end of the day they just want to they want to match out whenever Pep's contract runs out so if Pep, Lee, Pep said he's staying next summer so they're going to wait on next it's either Pellegrini or David Platt that's getting the manager <laughs> Josh Barton Josh B said do you think Pogba is a touch overrated I think we've already touched oh, it yeah, Dave's going to say yes, yes. you're yes. going to say so yes no I think he's a mercurial talent therefore not overrated thanks for following me Josh 
priced at 75 million valued, you'd probably say he's overpriced. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit overrated. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's overrated there, but I don't, I don't think anyone's going to pay him. No one's going to pay that for him. Kiyu Karumanchi says, if Barca, Bayern and Madrid are the best three teams in Europe on paper, mm-hmm. who is the fourth? you probably say you they've seen they've gone to the final but is there a better team no because you've had the best team on paper who's better on paper than those teams so if you look at Chelsea are they one of the better teams on yeah, paper probably right I mean on paper you've got that back line on paper the, the starting yeah. 11s it's, it's very difficult like, Zard, it's Costa. sort of a little bit like the best players in the world where you've got Messi Ronaldo then there's a group on Suarez it's exactly the same Neymar, as, all those kind yeah of it's players. exactly yeah. the same as clubs you know you could look at Atletico Madrid you could look at um, you know some of the Germans potentially Bayer Leverkusen next season are going to be a surprise package mm-hmm. Borussia Dortmund sorry not Borussia Dortmund Borussia Mönchengladbach are going to be a surprise package but yeah no it's going to be a surprise package yeah. but on paper they don't again okay. yeah. on paper they don't line up <laughs> so next question is sorry can we just uh, give it who's the fourth that we're going to say can we say Chelsea I'm going to say Juve or I'm going to say Juve this season okay on I'm going to say Chelsea on yeah, paper yeah, on paper Chelsea. Uh, Adnan Qureshi Adnan Qureshi great first name yeah, also my friend on Facebook now, excuse me. Uh, what is Barca? What if Barca and Real were in the English Premier League? Oh, that was the question Premier I wanted. I was waiting for this question. I, this is a brilliant for. question. What do you reckon? That'd be so good, wouldn't it? It would be... It would It'd be, it'd mean like City and United would be in the Europa League every year. <laughs> or would it mean that those other sides were stronger? Do you, would it mean that you know throughout I the season they had to battle mean. more? Because they do have a soft underbelly, right? Yeah, and they, you know... I'd love the idea Could they of do it in a wet windy night instead that's what well that's a huge oh, question God. what I'd love is uh, to counter that question I don't want to see more like I'd love to see more top end sides what if Rangers and Celtic were in the Premier League probably get relegated possibly I reckon they possibly. would at the moment in the current standard of Scottish football I think they'd get relegated but Barca and Real would be a brilliant addition imagine that every week well this is the interesting we'd thing we'd have a Super Sunday every week wouldn't we it'd be fantastic be pretty, yeah but I've, Every I like, I like the different tiers of the, we got in the league. Yeah, it's nice to have that mix of teams. It's also uh, good to look at people like Swansea. People, yeah, like it's great. Yeah, yeah, Swansea. Dason Adamson at Dason nineteen ninety six. Thanks, Adamson. He's a he's a he's a super fan. Mm. He's always commenting. Love it. Uh, he said Gary Monk for manager of the season. Thoughts? Yes. They've dropped away. Right. No, they could. They could now. They did have their little blimp, didn't they? And Southampton potentially to get into that. You know the Europa League. Well, they've beaten United twice this season. Yeah, they've, they've, they've done a double over Arsenal as well. Yeah, double now. over Arsenal for the first time in like 30-something years. Well, Big Sam manager of the season, getting his team in Sam. through the back door into the Europa League. Right, in the fair play. Just don't go out there and foul <laughs> anyone. We're good. We can lose 9-0. It doesn't matter. I think we've answered it many times on different... Oh, Dave's times. got some stats. I think we've got, we've got some, some Gary Monk stats. Go on. Yeah, go on. So Gary Monk this season has played the 4-2-3-1. That's his favourite formation. He picks up 16 wins, 8 draws and 12 defeats in the Premier League this season. They have scored, on average, per game, 1.22 goals. What, what, how's that compare, Dave? And that, so you're looking at Chelsea. So Chelsea have scored 1.94 goals per game, so nearly so two goals two. per game. Yeah, okay. But then that's the champions. But the interesting thing, they've scored 1.22 goals per game and conceded quick, 1.22 quick goals. Quick fire, quick fire. Who's, you your manager, who's your manager of the season? Premier League. Koeman. Shit, there's a better, much better point that I completely missed. Well, what was it? Go on, say, say it. it. So, from losing positions, yeah. Chelsea oh, have picked shit. up the most points in the Premier League this season, I think, with 13. But can you say... Swansea are second there with 12 points. Dave Gary makes Monk, a compelling man. case That's for Monk. the, 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 the monk. Let me ask you this one question then. So, Ahmad El Sadi said, what, who to Arsenal need to sign this summer and is the background good enough? We talked a little bit about the different positions they need to sign, but if you could pinpoint one player, one position, they need to sign someone. For me, it's got to be goalkeeper. I think we saw the other night against Swansea, we saw that it cost them, basically. Ospina, 
Gary Neville did his, his old analysis. He showed that Ospina was at fault for that goal. He's not actually fa- he's not fantastic, and he's a second choice goalkeeper. Chesney's no good. Goalkeeper's been pretty important position. Can I throw a spanner in the works? Go on, bloody hell, go on. What if United went for Hummels and Arsenal went for Hummels? Oh, that'd be tasty. Wouldn't All it? I'm saying is, imagine they Hummels in the Arsenal that. back line. That'd, okay. that'd be good. But I'd go, one goalkeeper Jan Sommer from Borussia Mönchengladbach would be absolutely oh, phenomenal for them. You know, ex Basel goalkeeper. Fantastic. You want to see him buy Matt Hummels? Mm. Matt Hummels would be would, would would be the answer for Arsenal as well. What if Lloris crossed London? Never. Adam, never would do. you be upset? Yeah, because no one's actually, ever done that before. I would be very upset, but I don't think he'd do it. Well, oh yeah, because he's so he's so tied. No, 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 not at all. But I just don't. I don't think. Right. I don't think Spurs. Don't think Levy just wouldn't let it happen. It wouldn't. It would not happen. Um, let me do they one need, more. They need another striker, but they don't need a. The, the name that always springs out to me, and I'd love to see in the Premier League, is Lacazette. Yeah, but I don't know how. I mean, he'd be a different option. Going to join Man United, mate. That's what I'm saying. Uh, let me ask you one more question yeah. before we move on. We've got to wrap it up. Uh, Vittorio said, is there any player still playing more deserving of a Champions League than Gianluigi Buffon? That is a tough mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. That's a bit open. Uh, Who hasn't really won it, obviously? Zlatan? Zlatan has won, famously. Zlatan's yeah. won more it. deserving. Zlatan hasn't won it. No. Has he never won it? Never, never won, won it. No. Is he more deserving of the medal than Buffon? No, not Buffon. No. Buffon. Buffon. The loyalty mean, of the man. He's been yeah. there for a long That's time. It's all coming together for Buffon. Yeah, He's yeah, returning yeah. to the place he won the World Cup. He. That's the, the narrative. He made some pretty good saves the other night. He just. It's all coming together in the same way that you know we saw it all coming together for Liverpool in 2005 when everyone was like, "They look. They are never going to win." It's still they came through. And I think Buffon has had some amazing moments. He's been a great... He's yeah. effectively been always been a captain for Juve. And he's been, always been at the top of the game for how long now? 20-odd years, it's craziness. Absolutely he w- craziness. He went down with Juve, he yeah. back up with them. Right. All those kind of things. Shaked it around with Juve. So no, way. let's say that. Apart from, no. apart from Zlatan... No, Buffon's in. Nah. So, yeah. that's it for the questions this week. Thanks for sending them in to mm-hmm. ask more questions. As I've said throughout the show, at the front three on Twitter... If we didn't answer your questions this week, I can only say sorry. Is it a three num- numeral? Yes, it is. Just want to make sure of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we make a note of all the questions, so hopefully we'll get around to answer them next time through the time. Cool. So quick little break, and we're going to come back and do the talking points. So to wrap it up, this is the talking points part of the show. Three of us each bring a topic we want to have a chin wag about. Lawrence is, is very exciting this week because he's brought in his... What looks like the new Liverpool kit. Do you want to film this? Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Okay. What do you want to film it? On? I, no, no, film it on my phone. Oh, okay, go on. And then I'll I'll send you the, six, the, the yeah, superior quality. I hope what happens. Put fingers over the lens. Put this way. Or that Press record. No, no. Obviously, you want to do a landscape and then put, okay. are you recording. Yes. I hope what happens here is that he opens it and there's a one matter brand new Man United kit. They what bring the original banter from the email <laughs> thread earlier. It has got a Liverpool logo on it. So yeah, so, right. Come on, Lawrence. Um, a few weeks ago, I, sure I, I look forward to new kits every season, all right? And this is why Who I want to talk about it. It's because I love new kits, whether it's for Liverpool or anyone else. I just want to see what the new kit is. I'm so excited for United's new kit. I'm so excited for Spurs' sash that they're going to have. Ooh, have you guys so seen heard, that? I've heard. They're going to have a little sash. It's, apparently, it's going to look very 80s. It's from Under Armour. That's interesting. So let's look at the first offering of a new kit from New Balance oh, yeah. at Liverpool. All right? That's what I'm saying. Sure this arrived at 9.53 this morning. Um, and it's not a gift. I bought this from the Liverpool website. I'm used to getting gifts from football people. Um, so let's see if this kit lives that is, up. That is solid front-free commitment, that, mate. Yeah, I've solid, bought a kit. Solid commitment. 
Uh, let me just open this up because it's it's hard. <laughs> I'll give you a hand, mate, but I don't want to touch it. You don't want to touch it. Yeah. You know what? And you know what else encouraged me to do it was that uh, there was another shirt in the pack. All right. Uh, Shall I get the new kit out first? Yeah. Ooh. This is a long sleeve. I only go long sleeve. Oh yeah. I, fair, yeah. fair. Long sleeve. This is the new man. kit. All right. Okay. That's interesting. Dave, uh, Dave, you can at least touch the kit with me. No, so, sorry, mate. I'm not. Gonna be you're not to... interested? Oh, is it because you're on full-time devil? Yeah, sorry mate, I'll get absolutely hounded next time I'm on YouTube. Which is never. Oh, right. Ooh, this actually, it feels sure. nice. nice. Anyway, watch where you're pointing the camera. Sorry, I'm trying to look at the actual kit as well as the periphery. It looks quite retro, doesn't it? It looks like about looks, 95 with a bubble. Right. It looks alright. Don't think I like the collar. I'm not, I wasn't sure about the collar. Yeah, but that, that's not a proper collar either. Really. Should, should I put it on? I reckon you should, mate. How's it look? How's I'm it look? I say it looks very. Don't good. turn it that way. It looks very. Right. Sorry, How's I it to look? Get your whole. That's, yeah, it's. How's it look? It's nice. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, you don't like a Liverpool kit. No, in the no. First no I, I like how I like the, the fine detail. The There's fine a lot of fine detail on it. What does it say on the kit, Dave? It says Liverpool FC, which means football club. Wow. They they've understood the culture. I like that it's different. It's definitely different from kits that we've seen recently, and that is a good thing. It's what it fits me, which is great. Because I was gutted that it, a kit might not fit me. And let's just put it this way: Warrior let me down in the past. All right. Okay. And there's also Dave. Just touch that little bit. I can't make, I, I don't, I'm not going to go near that bird. Textured. Oh yeah. Not yeah, bad. lovely. Not How does it look on a hipster's face? It looks pretty hipsterish. Yeah. Yeah, the long sleeves. Looks yeah, the long sleeves is perfect, aren't they? It's decent. It's really, I'm going to stop recording now. No, no, don't stop. <laughs> it's free, it's, it was three minutes long. Yeah, I don't care. Um, oh, no, no, hold on a sec. I've got the second, the second shirt that comes with it. Oh. I've got a second shirt. <laughs> what do you think about this, eh, Adam? Let me take a photo. Oh. Come on, Adam, what do you think? Even worse than the first one. This, this is just a free shirt that comes when you ordered the kit on time, right? And this is the kind of thing I get excited for. Go on, hold it up. There you go. What how, do you think? How much do you like it? How, do, how much do I like the new kit? No, the, the free shirt. Um... I mean, it's a free shirt, isn't it's it? A, it's a shame about the badge, mate. Can't really complain. Do you want to give it away or do you want to keep it for yourself? Oh, you know what, mate? I do actually quite like it. But if, if, <laughs> if, Okay, do you want to tweet it out? And if someone tweets me something really good, yeah. I'll give the shirt away to someone. Okay. Uh, but it has to be something really good. Yeah. Okay, so... Like, you have to be, a, you have to be a, a Liverpool fan in India or something. Do you know what I mean? Someone who's really committed. Mate, postage and packaging is going to be pretty expensive. Well, that's not my anyway, problem, so, mate. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you have it. If, if you tweet Lawrence something really special, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll make a tweet about it later, then you'll, you'll get a free sort of like Liverpool New Balance t-shirt. you get a free launch kit. Let's put it this way. You're not going to get a free Liverpool shirt, but you'll get a free <laughs> Liverpool shirt, all right? Um, Dave, you, uh, just before we move on, are you mm. looking forward, guys, to your new kits? I mean, Adam, your I new kit gets it. launched it on the 15th. Mm, it makes me quite excited for... for uh, for the new season it's Harry a bit Kane's also it's a bit early though. well I'm wearing the new kit for next season yeah but it feels a little bit premature it's like okay we haven't finished the last they haven't finished this season yet you know in the, when the summer the football's died down for a month bring out the new kit get me hyped up for the new season it's a bit a bit premature I, think. I know mate the problem for me is that Liverpool, the load, do you know what I mean? Liverpool need some new balance <laughs> to their kit they, they, they do effectively yeah. this is oh, what new balance have bought and on. not only that but Liverpool are already looking forward to the new season the only thing that's keeping Liverpool's foot in this season is Stephen Gerrard right <laughs> that's the only thing that's keeping Liverpool fans interested in this season so listen that, that was Lawrence's talking point I'm sure that was thrilling listening listening to the rustling and stuff I hope it came across well I don't know I, I just I was just trying I to get enthusiasm a bit more yeah I felt, you know I mean? I felt the, the rustling yeah. and then D- Dave's obviously got a new sponsor for his kit next season which is Adidas it's going to be a good oh, kit yeah. I reckon was that the kit that United won the first Premier League in an Adidas kit yeah I think so yeah back to the 80s style I think it is yeah, it'll be pretty cool this is going to be I mean if you, that's going to be interesting. See United in. I've, I think I've seen the kit leaked. Oh, it looks good. 
looks all right. Like, it, yeah, it looks nice. It's good. It, it looks, the Awake kit looks quite nice. There's a black one that yes. looks very good. A black Awake kit is a good We've yeah. got to move on to Dave's yeah. point, unfortunately. We're, right We're going to go over an hour. <laughs> Sorry, it's yeah. going to be the longest front free ever. Uh, Dave wants to talk about the MSN. Messenger, right? What? The old, the old so chat service. So as we, we well, as we're called the, the front free, I thought oh. we we talk about the greatest ever front free. So oh, I, are you no. suggesting? Good day. Dave, are you oh, suggesting? Play that, Dave. Are you suggesting Suarez, Messi, and Neymar are potentially one of the best front frees of all time? Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, I think they could. I think they could be the best ever, which wow. is absolutely crazy. Okay, give me some stats about them. Then, so this season, they have scored one hundred and shit. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We're leaving that in. We're leaving that in. Yeah, We're that leaving that a lot, aren't they? One hundred fourteen goals this season. I think that's what we're calling the one hundred and shit. Oh, damn. How, many, how many goals are there? She's good. I think it's one hundred fourteen. I'm just, I'm just a bit scared. I don't know. I think I worked this out before the Champions League game, and obviously Neymar scored another two goals. That is correct. So. One hundred and shit. Oh shit. So that is it, yeah, 114. Um, oh, wow. Neymar scored 37 goals this season in 74 out of 84 of the last seasons for Barcelona. He would have been Barcelona top scorer, but obviously Lionel Messi is stopping that. Is everyone else just replacing the numbers with the word shit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in their heads, yeah. Neymar scored shit this season, and uh, as far as has been shit alongside what, him. So uh, pure pure number crunching is that what you're saying? The, these numbers number are so I good. Think, I think it's got it all. You know, they got a proper number nine in Luis Suarez who can press, who can carry, who's brilliant on the ball, can score headers, can score from any sort of angle. They've got Neymar, who's a very, very good, you know, old school sort of winger going in, going out, got great feet. And then Lionel Messi, the creator in chief, the goal scorer, they're pretty much everything. The passer, you know, it's a brilliant combination. Let me, of three let players. me put this shit. If they win the treble, if yeah. they do win the treble, I think that will cement their position as one of the greatest front threes. Yeah. If they can do it again next season, then bring trophies. Then you know, then we're really talking. Which I think they, they bring will. up some other sort of front threes that we've seen during the uh, you know the eras, recent eras. Yeah. So R- Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez, we mentioned them. Pretty, not even last week but they were pretty incredible yeah going on to even Barcelona's front three he's talking Ronaldinho Etu and Messi that was something else but perhaps the ultimate Rivaldo Ronaldinho and you know the Ronaldo the classic Ronaldo as a front three what do you reckon that's a little Brazilian front line do you know what I like about this front line is it, it's all South American but they are all from different countries that's what I think I love about it mm. there's a different kind of scintillating from this front three aren't there yeah and I, I know. I just there's something I love about um, the way Luis Suarez plays. He just looks like he has a lust for the game. And Dave, Dave as a United fan, will not give a you know. You think it's shit essentially, but no, no. I, I, I think it's ninety since, since he's joined um, joined Barcelona. I can finally appreciate the fact the player. You know, he's a very, very, very talented individual. And then, but but I mean, even the FIFA goal they scored, you do have to. I mean, the vision to, for Suarez was brilliant. The, the, well, the interesting thing is, to score a FIFA goal on FIFA can sometimes be tricky. To score a FIFA goal in real life takes some real movement. Yeah, do you know true. what I mean? It's true. Some like, real to make doing. that back line look so yeah. stupid, because on FIFA goal, the frustrating thing about FIFA goal is that you've been outdone because your movement's been bad. Yeah. When you've got thinking, real-life human mm. beings who've been outthought, then you're really done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Dumb, yeah. That's impressive. There you have it, guys. Let me, let, let me. What's your talking point? Adam? Oh, I'm going to get onto it. I was oh. just going to say, if you, people think they are the best front three of all time, tweet in. I'll give um, one one more shout out to on. one front three. It's got to be the Via Messi Pedro combination Ooh. in 2010 11. Pretty That's my. It's all Barcelona front three is tasty. At the moment, that is for me the best front three one. ever because Messi was so good that year. He scored 53 goals. It was absolutely incredible. I'm going to go Riera, Torres, Babel. 
Oh, what a Ryan Babel. Yeah, now we're Babel. Now we're talking. Oh, can I just? Can I ask? Yeah. Could you just sweet in your favourite trios in football? Yeah, I don't sure. want the best front threes. Uh, I just okay. want the best trios. I want Iniesta, um, oh. Xavi, Busquets. Oh, I want good. Alonso, oh. Gerrard, Sissoko. I want uh, oh. uh, Mascherano. I want uh, the midfield of uh, Pirlo, Van Marquisio. Oh, yeah, I mean, you could go for an Italian midfield, yeah. or, the, or go for an old Dutch midfield of. I mean, you know, Beyond Van Bommel and Wesley Schneider. But even look at the De Boer brothers. Well, I mean, they played in a four-four-two, which makes it difficult. But I mean, tweet look us at, in. We're saying tweet us in. Give all us, we're saying give is, some shouts. I'm just giving you some options. But if you've got some local ones that you think we've overlooked, I'd just love to hear your trios. BBC is obviously another one. Last season was brilliant. But yeah. This yeah. season, not so. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit. Am I talking about just briefly because we are over the hour mark there? It's the longest front three ever. That's fine. I want to talk a little bit about Stephen Gerrard because we might not get another chance. We will. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll You've see. got another couple of weeks, mate. Yeah, I know, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so I want to talk about yeah, Gerrard. Obviously, he, he did a press conference today about him leaving. Yeah. Um, he's he said going some to very LA Galaxy. Things. Yeah, he's going to LA Galaxy for 18 months. The contract is. It looks that way. It looks like he's probably going to come back afterwards. But I just want to talk about it. So this this whole exit thing. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's been a little bit messy. Why? He might have left a little bit earlier than he wanted to, I think. But so he, he, alluded to today, he alluded to today that it, it, basically him leaving became earlier than he thought it would. I think he thought he'd get at least another season. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, he wasn't offered a new contract. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he's made, he made the decision to go to LA Galaxy yeah. mid-season. He said if he'd have been offered a new contract, he would have stayed. Yeah. So what I want to know is, do you guys think this is the right time for him to leave basically absolutely do you think it's been handled well by the club and by Brendan Rodgers mm-hmm. I don't think I mean I don't know how Rodgers could have handled it differently I think Rodgers has always been respectful towards Gerard publicly at least mm. and the other day I think I mean I've listened to a few podcasts where people have kind of been questioning what Gerard said about you know Mourinho being the best coach of all time etc but then not, today in the press conference that. he said you know I'm urging Raheem going. Sterling to stay because he's under a great man manager those kind yeah, of things yeah. he said he wished he'd played for his, under Rodgers in his peak didn't he as well that yeah the quotes that came out. Because, but that's the interesting thing isn't it is that Gerard now has to accept the ageing process and yeah. he also has to accept that if he built this team up more and if Liverpool had the success when he'd been at his peak maybe Gerard wouldn't be in this position we had to leave now and there was that picture tweeted out even by Full Time Devils last week like a great YouTube channel Great for banter. Unbelievable. But this is what I'm saying is, they tweeted out that Paul Scholes left at his peak. United right. won the title that season. They've yeah. got a wonderful photo of him next to Sir Alex. And he got the perfect send-off. But that was because Paul Scholes was surrounded by players that helped him win the title, right? Uh, uh, so I, think uh, it, I, think, I think Paul Scholes evolved through his career. He was a striker. But no, but, th- but that's exactly what I'm saying, Dave. What, what, what my point here is that Je- the problem why Gerald has gone now yeah. is because he hasn't fully evolved to what he should be right now. But the problem is that he... But what what should Gerald now be? It should be a, a deep-lying playmaker like a la Paul Scholes at the end of his career, a la Pirlo right now. That's what he should be. But this is my point, Dave. He's not a playmaker for Liverpool and that's the problem is he's at Liverpool now when Liverpool do not require a deep line playmaker maybe that's uh, that, that's it then another team do and yeah. that's the problem is that he, that's why he says he wants Rodgers at his peak mm. is because at his peak he'd have been playing forward for Rodgers yeah well he would have been probably playing the you know central he, midfield Coutinho role or the or Henderson yeah. role yeah. essentially yeah. and that's what I'm saying is that if now Gerard has to leave is not to do with you know disrespect or anything he just doesn't fit the system and that's not disrespectful 
He under- he, as a Liverpool captain, no, you'll I, understand that and you'll understand where the team's going. The problem is yeah, people are looking for narrative from outside. No, I'd say it's, it's difficult to manage. Pl- players of that stature almost more than the club. So it's difficult to ma- manage that sort of thing because obviously he's in, he's in a natural decline and you can't play him every week. But that's the problem, Adam, is that we're looking at a natural decline. Exactly. Like but Dave also, says, it's a transitional thing. Mm-hmm. Skulls, you'd argue, could probably still play a role for yeah, United. Exactly. What would you and there's, nothing, there's no mention of decline there. And that's the problem is that I'd Liverpool is, don't need that player, and Liverpool, are the, and therefore the press are saying, "Oh, you're not good enough." It's nothing to do with not being you good could enough. Also argue no, you're not that, fast enough. You could also argue Ryan Giggs. He entered a natural decline, but he was managed in a way that he still played a part. They didn't need him. You could argue they didn't need Ryan Giggs in those yeah. later years, but he was managed and he made the appearances and Whoa. he sort of no. Champions League eleven twelve. Giggs was in central midfield, and that's what Ferguson did very well: was transition these these old these older players from wide or from attacking. That's what I'm saying. To, so to central Brendan midfield. Brendan Rodgers, you could argue, is it is is Brendan Rodgers not culpable in some look, way because what? he's playing him in a role that's not. You're suited looking, to him. You're looking for fault no, no. where there is none. No, you, you, what you're saying, what you're trying to say is, and you also have to understand here, what Liverpool have is FSG, who will always be trying to trim the wage bill, right? And that's what they're, they're going to get rid of a huge amount of wage excess this summer. Steven Gerrard, Glenn Johnson, other players in there who are earning big whack, right? Yeah, of course. You get rid of that. You get rid of wages. 10 million pounds of expenditure a year. That a, gives you 10 million. But I'm talking a more romantic. Do you not think they should have managed it in in a way that we're not talking about wage, getting his wage off the bill. We're saying manage him in a way that allowed him to be a one club man at Liverpool for the end of his career, yeah. transition him like gigs into the coaching roles. He's never going to have played for another club. It's a it's a much more romantic story. I appreciate okay the realities of wages, blah blah, all this sort of stuff. Keep Stephen. Why did they try and centre half this season in the back three? Just Why did they try? I would, have, I would love to see him in that, but that's part of the problem. Is that is that? Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Should they have not tried something a little bit different? Did they not make a mistake? Hard I think that they did show him their love as a, as a captain of the club off. and to be able and you know it's wonderful to be able to say you played for one club for your entire mm. career. It's also good to say you know what I bowed out when I knew I needed to go and it's nothing it, yeah. you know some people say, yeah and, but the problem is that people are looking for a fault and they're looking for a political problem at Liverpool that Brendan Rodgers is hard to work with or anyone who works with young men it's not necessarily I'm not yeah I'm not necessarily looking for a fault uh, but it does this, it sound, that, but what you did you, the way you phrased the question was could, right. could Brendan Rodgers have done this and you what think I'm saying is you it, know what he probably could have yeah, it hasn't been handled you cannot say it's been handled perfectly and you'd argue there have been mistakes but you know what, what I would I'm also to say, say is where were those mistakes made well I would say a huge amount of that is journalists paying for blood potentially they're looking for you got to look for stories you got to look for drama you got to look for the soap opera but there's people who want there's not they don't want Liverpool to slip up mm. you know I mean I don't know that many journalists who really want to see people. <laughs> great phrase there mate phrase there mate but, but yeah, yeah no but that's what I'm saying is they, <laughs> that, that, that's the point is that actually you know there are people who revel and get a huge amount of headlines mm. from people slipping up my final point about Gerald would be how do you view his career so I feel like in the last since that slip last year there has been this perception of his career that's almost I don't want to say tragic because it's not tragic but there's this almost um, slightly sad perception of his career that it was it's not been fulfilled as much as it could have been he, he didn't win as much as he could maybe he should have gone to Chelsea back in 2005 it's, it's the, but mate, but there's you, this you, element. What you can't do then is you cannot say to me. You can't one minute say it would have no, been no, amazing. No, no, no. Have, a, one, have a one club man. Have a man who's been at Liverpool for yeah, years and romanticise. Yeah, but that, what, and then in the same breath say to me 
should he have gone to Chelsea? No, no I'm not saying he should have gone. I'm just saying this, this is what people are saying. This is what some people are bringing up. They're, what I'm trying to say is they're viewing his career in an almost negative way. But that's what I'm this saying. Perception this perception we're the, getting okay, in the so last year. This but is I'm, sound, I'm saying to you is that unfair. Okay, so this Gerard. is going to sound incredibly defensive in a sense. On the back foot, man. If it's essentially, yeah, because actually, it's it's it sometimes. I'm, just playing, it's, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but but what I would say to that is, if you if you're looking for a creative headline, mm-hmm. then this is the perfect time for it. You want to build your narrative. You want to mm-hmm. see that you want to put in inverted commas the decline of Steven Gerrard. Mourinho made the point perfectly this season to do with Wenger or to do with himself. You can pick whatever headline you want and make it fit. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want to do. The Liverpool Echo will make a romantic headline fit with Gerard leaving. Yeah. The Sun will find another headline to make that fit. Someone, everyone will have their ten cents or whatever. Yeah, but ultimately, what's important for Liverpool is how Liverpool transition and where Steven Gerrard goes after that, and when he comes back to the club. Yeah. If Steven Gerrard returns triumphantly in a few years' time, people forget those headlines of a few years ago. Yeah, okay. Fair and right. the naysayers or the people who are always looking for a creative headline, which is to sell them papers is not going to have the same. Now, put it this way. If Maybe. United had been under David Moyes when Paul Scholes was bowing out, they would have questioned David Moyes and whether he played him right. Mm. And there were people who were questioning David Moyes and all those different things mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they questioned why they got rid of Ferdinand, Vidic, ever. All those kind of things. Sort of people questioned. were always looking for a problem with him, right? And, you know, he took a lot of flack. He wasn't great, but he still took a lot of flack. And it's the same with Louis van Gaal earlier in the season. Why isn't he playing this? Why isn't he playing that? Have those headlines been forgotten now, Dave? I always asked that under Ferguson. That was the thing. I think that's what, um, you know, I would always question a manager. I'd always question Ferguson. Was it made so many questionable decisions. But that's what you've got to do as a football fan. But like you're saying, it's got to be the correct headline. I think You have to be critical in the right way. Yeah, exactly. Steven Gerrard has had a fantastic career. He's probably put one of the best man-of-the-match performances ever in a Champions League final. That's what I will remember Stephen Gerrard. Would you say that's that. part of the problem with Stephen Gerrard? Is that that man of the match performance takes away from the overall team performance? Um, and that when Stephen Gerrard plays for Liverpool, it's more about Stephen Gerrard than it is. Maybe that's the outside. Maybe maybe, maybe that's not my not not the correct point. Maybe you'd say that he he rescued them so many times in that tournament. You look at the goal against Olympiacos that you know we all know the, the thunderbolt yeah. from like thirty yards. Then in the final again, but you look know, at Luis Garcia scoring that amazing looping shot over uh, yeah. over Buffon. I mean, you know. Great player. Going to admit it right now. He's a great player, but he didn't win the Premier League, unlike Luke Chadwick. But, so. but, that, but that's part of it. But that's part of it, isn't it? Is he? Di- is that um, Stephen Gerrard didn't win the Premier League? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So do we do we view his career unfairly? Because you know we got, we got to look at all the other great stuff. Like you're saying, you're talking yeah. about Champions League. No, we view it completely fairly. But that's what I'm saying. Is we oh, yeah, we, we have to come up with this... a definitive headline of is it fair or unfair? Is it good or bad? Yeah. And actually, you know what? It's a great achievement to stay at a club that long. It's a great achievement to play in all those positions. It's a great achievement yeah, to I mean, you look at synced with all Alan, those managers. Alan Shearer is revered as a legend of the game. He didn't. He won. He won nothing the, at Newcastle. At Newcastle, I mean. But he did I win know the Premier League. Yeah, that. yeah, but he, he never won the Champions League. No, but There's you know what? Blackburn were exciting for a little bit of time in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we've got to wrap up there because we've gone two hours and 15 minutes. What? We're way over. I'm sorry, one hour and 15 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah, you cut that bit out when I meant yes. that. Yes. that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that'll get us down to what? Where? Where? So we've been here for five hours. So where can the good people find more of your work, Lawrence? Is it at Lostcast on Google? Uh, not on Google. Go, go Lostcast.com. Interesting. It's a website. It'll link you to my Instagram, yeah, my Facebook, all those different Dave. Where can the people find you? At Squawker Dave. How do you spell Squawker though? Because I okay, always this is mistype a, this it, Dave. S-Q- and I know you're big for misspellings. U A. 
Squawker. Squawker. It's a squawk. What a brand as well. Squawker really going up in the world. I, I like oh, Squawker. Big fan of Squawker. Great tweets. Great app. Top lads. Yeah, I tried out the app the other day, Dave. You enjoy it. Really impressed. Thanks, mate. Thanks. No, genuine, genuinely. Genuinely. I don't uh, I don't use many football apps. This was a great app. Top up. Go and download Squawker, guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Boltwood. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. We're going to be back next Wednesday with episode five, so tune in then.